It has been a long wait for Christmas, hasn't it? It, As a matter of fact, it has been the very longest it could possibly be between the, the first Sunday of Advent and the day of Christmas, which of course is tomorrow. It couldn't be any more days in this, which is great news if you need a little bit of extra time to shop. It's great news if you need a little bit of extra time to wrap presents and prepare the house. It's great news if you need a little bit of time to write a sermon or two, or I don't know, develop a contingency plan for a bomb cyclone. It's good to have a few extra hours on that. It is not great news if waiting is not your thing. And I know for those of us waiting for Christmas, it's not always our thing. I, I always remember as a, as a kiddo noticing how it felt like it, time just has no meaning. It, it, it speeds up, it slows down, it speeds up, it slows down as I'm waiting for, for Christmas to get here. And I do remember uh, when I was a good bit younger, younger than, than my kiddos, waiting up one night. I'd waited for this long time. Christmas is finally there. And then I'm waiting up that night and I'm listening because I'm waiting to see if I hear the sound up on the rooftop, and and it felt like time just never, ever, uh, it just slowed down to a crawl as I waited. And I I did, I'll tell you this, I did hear footsteps on the roof, but was it reindeer? Were they squirrels? I can't tell you, because I fell asleep before I could actually affirm that. Well, in the Christmas story that you just heard, that you just helped, helped to tell, You have the same thing where time seems to speed up and slow down and speed up and slow down. It it starts with, of course, Mary is pregnant for nine months. That goes on and on. And then they have this long journey, four days. And, of course, they get to the night, as the the story says, the time came for Mary to deliver her child. Well, that's a hurry-up-and-wait kind of thing. And then it's urgent, slow, and then fast, and slow, and fast. And finally, the night that the shepherds are waiting all night, that long, boring night, until it's terrifying when the angels appear out of nowhere and they're afraid for their lives. And then Mary finally pauses to treasure the moment, to reflect and hold her child in her arms. It's as if eternity itself took a breath in that moment. When in the words of the hymn, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Hopes and fears of all the years. Now what about those fears? Because this is such a joyful story with bells ringing and and, and announcements of deliveries. And yet, in the story, there's a lot of scared people. There's, and sometimes you have to read between the lines a little bit, but there's, there's Elizabeth maybe scared to be having a child at such an advanced age or, or maybe scared, fearful that she wasn't going to have a child. There's Mary and Joseph traveling four days. Do you think they did that because they like registering? No, they did it because the emperor said they had to do it, which meant they were probably afraid of what would happen if they didn't. And then you had the shepherds who were terrified for their lives when the heavens opened up and the angels appeared. So in this story of great love, there are people who are deeply afraid. So fear is something we should pay attention to. Fear 
fear really messes with us. Fear can really distort our whole lives because when we're afraid, we don't see God. We don't see the people around us, the love they want to share with us. We, our eyes get clouded by fear. Now, there are some things we should be afraid of, sure, but most things, most fears that get into our hearts really kind of take over and really shouldn't. I'll give you an example. How many of you, be honest, are afraid of sharks? Raise your hand. Good. Now, this would be a reasonable fear if there was a shark in the pew next to you right now. It would be a strange thing we'd have to deal with, but that, that were the case. But, but think about this, and, and this, this is actually a statistic somebody ran. You are less likely to be fatally injured by a shark attack than by a coconut falling from a tree. Someone actually did that research, right? And yet, how many of you have woken up in the middle of the night and said, I dreamed of coconuts, right? How many of you went to go see a horror movie called Coconuts? No, you didn't. Of course, all things are contextual. There are no coconuts in the Christmas story. There are no sharks in the Christmas story, but there are fears. Fears of every kind. Fears that our lives might turn, not turn out the way the, that we want them to. Fears of what might happen to us from powerful people if we don't do exactly what we're supposed to do. Fears of what might happen when the skies open up and we're afraid for our lives. There are stories of fear within this Christmas story, but there are also stories of love. Stories of God's love for us. Stories of angels who love us, who tell us not to be afraid. Love of two parents for their child. Love incarnate in Jesus himself. There is fear, but there is love as well. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because of what I read recently. Someone named David Kessler wrote about love and fear, and he said this. When you really break it down... There are actually only two emotions. There are actually only two things that we feel, and that's love, and that's fear. And everything else that we go through, everything else that we experience is some version of one or the other. And every day of our lives, we get to, to take a, make a choice. We get to, to follow one path or another. And I know what you're thinking. You may be thinking, can I not experience both? Well, that's the other thing that David Kessler says, is that you cannot experience both fear and love at the same time. I know you, maybe you think you can, like, uh, what is it, the myth of multitasking? We think we can do that, but what we're really doing is bouncing back between one or the other. And I think that's what this story in many ways is about. That the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The hopes and fears are brought before God, before the Christ child. And yet only one of them, hopes and fears, will make it through the night. Because this is about perfect love. And perfect love casts out all fear. When eternity held its breath that night, 
when time stopped. And it only stopped for a minute because they had to get back to life after Jesus was born. They had to get back on the road and, and travel the four days back. That's, that's the trouble with being incarnate is you have to live your life too. So we're not alone in all that, by the way. But when time stopped and eternity held its breath, Mary had a moment of perfect love. It was a moment of exquisite fearlessness. When grace passed between mother and child and then out into the world, it was the incarnation of love in its most, most perfect form. Amen.